We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, Chiefs Kingdom? Welcome to another episode of Outside the Trenches. I'm BJ Kissel, joined as always by my co-host Nick Lecky and Tucker Franklin. Nick, we'll start with you, buddy. How are things? Stone Cold Jones. What we got a lot to talk about with Stone yeah. Cold Jones. We're gonna be joined by Mike DeVito here in a little bit. Uh, but for right now, my guy Nick, how was your week? Where did you get that shirt? That's what uh, I'm right now. Charlie Hustle is where I got this shirt at. Mm-hmm. So I love this shirt. It's fantastic. I love Chris Jones. He frightens me to this day, and I've been retired forever. But that's you a bad human that a being. That is a bad human being. It really is. You've, you've been pretty honest from the beginning that there's zero chance that you would have been able to block Chris Jones. Like <laughs> no. you, were just, you were just like, I don't know, that wasn't going to happen. The only, the only time I could ever block Chris Jones is if he flat backs me and his foot gets caught up in like the, between my <laughs> face and my face mask and trips. That would be the only shot I'd have. <laughs> Tucker, Tucker, how the hell are you doing, my friend? Hey, I'm doing great. Got the first dub last week for the Plattsburgh Fighting Tigers. Uh, got a good shot again this week. It's homecoming week. We're getting prepared and all, and all that. Excited. No, nothing beats high school football homecoming, right? You forget. Like, that's that's your everything when you're in high school. Like, man, this is homecoming. It's a big week. And kind of just seeing these kids kind of rise up to it has been fun. And watching the Chiefs hopefully rise up to this next 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 challenge of the, the L.A. football chargers is going to be exciting as well. Tucker, your segues, they're so good. And I, you filled in for Craig Stout on KC Laboratory last night. Yeah. You did such a good job. The McAdoo's drop was just amazing. If you're listening, <laughs> you have no idea what I'm talking about. Go listen to the KC Laboratory from yesterday. Tucker uh, stepped in for Craig Stout, did a fantastic job. Actually, it was a really, really good episode for people that want to know about, and I told you guys this earlier, I told Tucker when we spoke earlier, uh, that I thought Maddie Lane did a phenomenal job explaining uh, Brandon Staley's defense and what Patrick Mahomes and the, the challenges that the Chiefs offense are going to face. And I'm going to kind of parlay some of those points into what we talk about here later. Uh, but Tucker, I do want to bring this up for anybody that uh, tunes into our post game show. Uh, for one, we thank you for being loyal supporters of KC Sports Network. But um, we had some audio issues at the beginning. But during that time, I don't care about the audio issues. What I care about is that we were giving Tucker a platform to talk about his high school coaching team and that your guys picked up a big win. And is everything okay? (laughs) (laughs) It's a herd of elephants upstairs in my house. I'm in the basement and and my kids must be just stomping on the floor up there. It's like a rave party. So I apologize. (laughs) 
<laughs> That's okay. We're gonna get this point in. And Turn it down. <laughs> Just save Ma the meatloaf. No, Tucker, I'm, it, we're gonna give you a platform to talk about your kids the kids you coach every day you talk about them all the yeah. time offline when when we're just talking throughout the day but uh how proud were you and how much fun was that to, to see your guys go out there and find some success yeah well it's been it's been a tough few weeks you know it's been you know we started oh and three and there's a lot of adversity there and those kids answered kind of some adversity in this game as well we played um a team up in dearborn north platte if you're familiar with the with i guess north missouri football um not a lot of people are but we played a team where they were down 16 nothing at half we were and and the kids were were down in the dumps and we said hey you know it's not, you got to respond to this. You got to respond. And, and they really did. We scored 22 unanswered points in the second half and, and one in the fourth quarter. So uh, on a, on a pretty big touchdown, had a good fourth down play. It was kind of a broken play. A quarterback made a really good choice to kind of read the field, get the first down. And really, I think hopefully we can carry this momentum into this week. we got a good shot to win again. And man, I'm just proud of how they, how they responded in the, in the adversity. That's, that's all you can ask for right there. I like that mission is one and oh. One game at yeah. a time, one play at a time. That's awesome. What was the halftime speech? Did you give it? Yeah, I don't know if I can really repeat a whole lot of what I oh. said on, oh. on air. Yeah, I we, we just kind of, you know, challenged them, I guess really is what we did. We just we just challenged them and said, hey, you know, this this really could be a turning point right here if you guys make it a turning point. Um, it, really, this game is up to you. We know that you guys are talented enough to win this game, and we know what you guys are capable of. You just have to go do it. And, and they responded very well to that. And I think some of the kids themselves were like, hey, you know, like, what are we doing? We started slow, started sluggish, kind of started hanging our heads a little bit after it was the first touchdown was like a, a punt, but it was a low punt. The like linebacker knocked it out of the air and took it back for a touch. It was weird. I'd never seen anything like it before. And and I think that that kind of like was a weird start to the game. So our kids were just like not they were in a funk and then halftime it. We, you know, we, we, we laid into them a little bit down 16 points at half to a team that we, we should have probably beat by a little bit more, but, um, a win's a win. It always, it goes in the win column the same and, and glad we got, finally got that win. Saw some genuine smile from Tucker in that photo that I saw after the game of you guys like celebrating with your team. Like that was, yeah. you can't fake that smile to try to get like a nice picture. Like that was genuine from the beginning, but again, Thank you, everybody out there listening to us here on Outside the Trenches. Whether you're listening on Facebook inside of the KC Sports Network Facebook group, whether you're on YouTube, or those of you that are on 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 the Twitch, is that how they is that how the kids say it, Tucker? The Twitch on Twitch, just on, on Twitch. Twitch. There's no the, yeah. Uh-huh. I feel like Bill Belichick, like <laughs> the the tick, the face gram, the face gram, was that in the face? <laughs> the, yeah, we're yeah. calling the it Twitters, the Twitters. These days, I if I wish people Tucker could see the the group DMs we have because they think I was kidding that every time I bring up a a question about Twitch, I was doing the Simpsons like old man yells at the clouds because yeah. it's like I don't know what I'm asking, yeah. I don't know what I'm talking about. Uh, but anybody who's listening on Twitch, we appreciate that, guys. We've got about ten minutes before uh, old Mike Devito is going to join us because we have to talk about the Chiefs' defense. We know that's what a lot of people want to hear about. It's what they want to talk about. They want to feel good. They want to feel uh, more confident going into this game than they felt at the end of that Ravens game. But before we get into all that, 
we've got to talk about Jack Stack Barbecue because they're the presenting sponsor of this show, and they just opened up a location we've been talking about the last few weeks up in Lenexa, uh, not too far from where Mr. Lecky lives. So if you're on that side of town, go grab it. If not, go to one of the other seven locations. And if you're around the country, jackstackbbq.com. They ship all over the country, and I've done it several times. I've shipped several times to different people in different parts of the country, and it shows up, and it's still as good as ever. I've been out of town since Monday, so I haven't had a chance. Plus, we're dealing with a little COVID situation in my household, so we have not broken in the new location yet. But once we heal, we will be going there, and I will be drinking, and I will be eating my weight in those Crown Prime ribs and Hickory Pit beans. Thank you. All right. So, guys, again, Mike DeVito is going to join us in about five minutes. Before we get to that, I do want to bring up one thing because I think everybody fans a little bit differently and the beauty in this show and the beauty of – of what we do here at KC Sport, we don't have to hide any of our bias. You know, we all want the Chiefs to succeed. We want yes. them to win, and we're going to facilitate and talk about it in the process. So my question is mentally, because we're all coming at it from different places. Nick, obviously, you play. Tucker and I, you and I are fans. Um, when a loss like that happens, like, what do you do to get your mind right as a fan? And not in, like, a weird, like, I can help us win. <laughs> Like, how do you get past it? Like when you were playing, Nick, how did you get over like a bad loss when you were playing? It's simple. Just correct the mistakes and just start, start making sure those are cleaned up. Cause if you don't correct mistakes every single week, teams are going to throw those mistakes right back in your face and they're going to test you. So that you, you, you put a weakness out there on film, whether it was a mistake or not, you're going to get it every week. And if you don't correct it, you're going to get burned every week. That's how you do it. Correct the mistakes and move on. But that's a, that's a pragmatic way of looking. That's kind of where I'm going with it is that you just get right back to work. Like you correct it. But, and one of the points this week is it's so unique going from facing and prepping for Lamar Jackson and the Ravens offense and what they do and having to like dive back into that film and all the gaps. And again, we're going to talk about that with Mike DeVito, but the run defense, like, it was beyond just missing tackles. Like they didn't, guys were not in the right places, whatever their keys mm-hmm. were. They got to fix things from like a teaching schematic scam standpoint, as far as what their keys are, but how much time can you really spend right now or this earlier this week, focusing on how to fix that in case you play them the next time to completely changing your mindset to now all of a sudden you're going to face Justin Herbert, who I heard on the laboratory yesterday, thanks to Maddie Lane that more than half 50% of his passes are beyond 10 yards down the field. Like these are guys who take yeah. shots down the field, complete opposite of what they were dealing with Lamar Jackson. So Nick, sorry to go back to that point, but you just get right back to like, you don't have time to necessarily like stew on it. So what's your advice to a fan who can't get back to work and start studying film? Like as a fan, what do you do to get on, to move on to the next one? As a fan, you just have to just accept that it's early season loss and that the fact that Lamb Lamb had to make two uh, circus throws and late to, to beat us, and then the Chiefs did not have an answer uh, on offense. And you, everyone lo- looks at the defense, but last three drives, offense did not score a single point. Right. So that that's concerning. Don't look at the defense, look at the offense. It's a team sport, and there's a lot to be uh, taken from that. And this is, this is a high-octane offense, but sometimes you got to learn how to grind it out. And they're still figuring out this new offensive line. So they're, they're going to get those plays dialed in and just realize that Baltimore had to play a perfect game to beat the Chiefs. A perfect game. And the Chiefs, Tucker. you know. Tucker, how do you get over a loss? 
Um, I kind of like I get over anything by just like bottling up and not talking about it. Um, <laughs> just um, tuck it down in there. Just, yeah, uh. just let's just like never think about it. No, I'm kidding. I just had to say that joke. But um, I think one of the things is I, I think I rationalize things very well. Maybe that's like a, a blessing and a curse, I guess, almost to some point. I talked myself into the Ravens actually being a really good football team. Um, and you know, they were with like, without some people, without, you know, some of their starters, obviously, especially on the offensive line, that front five, wasn't the offensive line that they really probably wanted out there. Um, so and to the point where I was like, you know, this is a really good running team. Maybe the chiefs defense isn't actually that bad. Maybe they just faced two really good running teams and, and, and Cleveland and Baltimore, which those two seem to be, they, those seem to be true. So I think I just like rationalize everything if that makes sense or if it, I don't know if it's even like that beneficial, but I just try to think, okay, well, if the chiefs lost to them, they must be a pretty good football team then. Yeah. I think everybody, like it, it's so early in the season and this is kind of like, how do you fan? Like I get, I always go back to, and it's, it's easy for me. And this is kind of like to get preachy with it, but like I've, you go back to like what you fall back on to like make yourselves feel better. And for me, it's always talent and leadership. Like if you've got talent and you've got leadership, you have whatever you need to fix whatever problems you have and to pretend that you're not going to have problems just doesn't make sense. Like even the, the chiefs were six and four of the year they won the super bowl and the sky was falling every Monday after a loss. So like, that's just the way that fans are. They're fickle. Like you get all worked up and you're like, we can't win every game. If the defense is giving up these points, we can't because we scored 35 points and we were in it, not playing well against one of the three best teams in the AFC. Like that's not just some run of the mill team. That's the best team. That's a very unique challenge that completely exposed an area. That's the only way the Ravens can have success is to do exactly what they did. If we can figure out how to stop that, we're going to boat race them by 21 points. I'm sorry. If they can't run the ball like that, Lamar Jackson isn't going to sit back there and pick us apart. So I'm not saying it's easy, but that's the challenge and that's what they present and why you have to fix it. But for me, it's it's talent and leadership. They've got Andy Reid. They've got guys like Tyron Matthew that can fix it for within a span of three or four weeks, not within the span of three quarters. So I saw that on social media. It's like, well, if these guys were leaders, why didn't they fix everything at halftime? It's like, <laughs> give us some sample size here. Like if they go out against... Cleveland's a certain kind of challenge. Baltimore is a certain kind of challenge. And again, yeah. the Chargers, completely different kind of challenge. If the Chargers go out and put up 40 points, I guarantee you it's going to be in a completely different way than Baltimore did. And if they struggle in both and then they don't figure out against the Eagles, then you've got problems all over the place. But just because they didn't figure out their run fits against the team that's literally built to do just that and create those problems, my panic meter isn't going off. If we see this for three or four weeks, I will be on that train. But Again, talent leadership is where I fall back on. Luckily, I can say from firsthand experience, I'm not worried about the defense because Steve Spagnuolo is very good at what he does. I don't care what anyone says. He's very good at what he does. And Tyron Matthews is a great leader. Like those, And yes, is Tyron Matthew going to miss a tackle? He's going to miss a play here and there? Yeah. Those guys are going to be prepared to go out and not let last week affect this week. And so eventually talent's going to catch back up. So that's my preachy, preachy point for people wondering why I'm always like – don't worry about it. Everything's going to be fine. Talent, <laughs> talent, leadership. If you don't have those, then you've got a problem. So. Yeah. And like I said, that, that's a really good team. That's a really good team. So it, it, they'll figure stuff out. You know, it, it is difficult to, to run game plan this offensive line. Cause you're trying to figure out what everyone does unique. 
and what everyone's good at and, and how they fit with, you know, uh, Edwards, Hilaire, uh, McKinnon and Williams. So you just got to figure that out. You know, I, I think I think the main thing I look at is that there were some pressures, but it was delayed pressure. You know, it wasn't anyone getting beat. Uh, Mahomes was, was stepping up in the pocket, you know, so they're correct in that. And there's some stuff, there's some positives and, and there's some negatives. But overall, week one, week two, no need to hit the panic button. You know, losses in November, December, that's panic button stuff. You know, it really is. And every week, man, ball bounces different. It's not a ball, it's an oval. Mm-hmm. Yep. Very true. And, and the matchups are different. And the, the whole war of attrition is building a team that can sustain – going out and playing well against a Justin Herbert type chargers led offense. It's hard to build teams that can dominate against these different types of teams that you're facing. And that's the whole chess match. It's the reason the NFL is so popular is that even though you're playing the same thing, you can set things up a little bit differently. So real quick, before we bring on Mr. Mike DeVito to talk a little bit about the chiefs defense real quick, Nick, what is your level of concern meter when it comes to the chiefs overall as a team right now? Uh, no, I'm not concerned. I'm not concerned. What is not concerned? What is mildly zero. concerned? So I'm a, a like zero, like 10 is like fire everybody, fly <laughs> banners around the stadium, like burn it down and turn it into a parking Let's lot. Move, move, move Kansas City to Oakland. Uh, oh, I'm, a, no. I'm a 2.5. I'm a 2.5. No, okay. concern. but but concern, but not really concerned. Yeah. Chuck, what about you? I think I'm at a three. That was the first number that came into my head. Like there are some, I think that there are some valid concerns here. Um, I do think that the return on investment on the offensive line or the defensive line, I should say, excuse me, hasn't been really what you want it to be for spending as much money as you, as you want to be as, as you are there. And this wasn't just a this year issue. We were, I mean, we were talking about this last year too. So this is something that you start to look at and say, okay, little concerned about this, but I think these guys will bounce back. You know, Chris Jones is still adjusting to playing to the outside, and you can see that. You can tell he's still trying to get it down. So he will because he's a good football player, and as Nick mentioned, he is a behemoth of a human being, and he's very scary. He'll figure that out. I don't. I have no problems with that. That's just one of those things that takes time, and I think a lot of these problems that the Chiefs have will just take time to heal. Yeah, and a lot of it is uh, when it comes to the ROI and all of that. The other preachy thing that I'll bring up – if it made sense in the moment and that was your, your stance, it doesn't change three years later because hindsight is always 2020 for everyone in every situation is like, well, I knew that wasn't going to, if making the move to, to solve problem X was the right decision three years ago, you don't get to go back now and say, Hey, that was a bad decision because it didn't work out quite the way that you thought it would. doesn't work that way. And that's not how, yes, yes. Ultimately jobs can be dependent upon that kind of thing, but for everybody else, uh, it's, Easy to rewrite history in that way. So, yeah, I, my concern meter is probably somewhere around your guys's. I think you want to see the defense step up uh, in that way, and I'm excited to see them go up against a different style of defense. I think we knew that um, the Chiefs' run defense wasn't going to be the strength of this team. I thought they'd be better with Jaron Reed. We talked about that throughout the offseason. But going up against Cleveland and then going up against Baltimore, not shocked. Uh, that they gave up a lot of yards on the ground and not shocked that they're not a top five run defense. But I don't think they're. I... <laughs> Is there like a little leprechaun running up and down the stairs? That's my kids. My kids are running upstairs. They're, they're just yeah. I think they're doing they're doing um, um, like uh, yo-yos. They're doing gasters upstairs. Mm. Or basketball. last week it was my daughter. This week it's your kid. This is a live show. This is what happens. 
but uh yeah i completely lost my train of thought but yeah i want to see what these guys do going up against the different uh, justin herbert led throwing the ball down the field get juan thornell back out there playing 40 50 snaps against a pass first type team because i think that's more along the lines of what we're going to see and again they went up two run heavy teams that was the strength of the browns the ravens yeah. i want to see these guys go up against a different kind of different kind of team and see see how they perform so right now, let's bring on former Chiefs defensive lineman and the one of the co-hosts of One on One with Mike and Jeff, Mr. Mike DeVito, one of my favorite people. Mike, how are we doing tonight, my man? What's up, guys? How are we doing? Doing good. Thanks for having me on. This is great. Where, where did uh, where Tucker go? Tucker disappeared into the back. We got this nice, clean three shots. So oh, there we go. I he gets it. to be got the guy behind the screen. Oh, I'll talk to him later then. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey mike right off the bat who who's a batter dude chris jenkins or chris jones oh wow <laughs> that was not one nick that chose I violence right off the bat oh nick that was, I, 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 I was a quick set that was, that was a, I, I jumped that was set good again. you got me you, you stuck <laughs> me right at the line with that one i can't let you get your mask going yeah no that's <laughs> it that's it i was done i'm out of that rep oh you know I didn't get to spend the time with Chris Jones that I've got to spend with Chris Jenkins, right? So I hung out with Chris Jones a couple of times when I went to see the guys uh, at the uh, hotel when they came in to play New England uh, the past couple of years, but I didn't ever got to play with him. Watching them on the field, I mean, they, they were just as dominant. I just know that Jenkins was, man, he was just pure violence from head to toe. Nick, did you, 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 did you go against him? Yeah, 2008 with uh, the Rams. Yeah, I think. okay. Yeah, yeah, I mean, he just was – I've never seen – like, I've seen him throw Logan Mankins like he yeah. was, uh, you know, just like a pillow, you know? Yeah. So, I don't know. I mean, they're both – talent-wise, they're both up there. With You know, they're both the best that I – you know, two of the best that I've seen. Uh, I just can't speak to Chris's personality outside of what I see on film, which looks violent. But I know Chris Jenkins, like, if I'm getting into street fright, like, I'm I'm drawing for him. Like, where is he at? Yeah. Where is he at? <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. to Chris. Was Chris Jenkins the guy, and I could be completely wrong here, but uh, the year they had hard knocks, didn't they do like a red zone? And I'll always remember this. They did like a red zone drill, and he just stood at the goal line, like waiting for everyone to get ready. Like he was a solid, like literal minute before yeah. everybody else like lined up with his arms out, just saying, this is my motherfucking yeah, area. That's right. Like, yeah. this is my drill. Like just yelling <laughs> at everybody and then just dominating. That, yeah. like, this was All my thing. Field. Yeah, that was him. I mean, he, Okay. you know, one thing that was special about Chris Jenkins is that he was like 385 pounds, 390 pounds, and he ran faster than your normal wide receiver. I mean, he would beat wide receivers in a 10-yard sprint at 380 pounds. I mean, I've just never seen that sort of explosiveness being that big. You know I mean? He was just gigantic, gigantic. I mean, so yeah, I'm worried, for Nick. I'm worried for Nick now, like decade later. <laughs> going How did it go? Guy Nick? Like that. Like, I'm sorry, man. So two, I, you said I, what, 2008? Yeah. Um, so we were in that great. You were in that, we were in that three, four. So he would have been head up on the no head up on, on the me. center. On me. Yeah. The whole okay. time. I actually did great. You know, what's funny. It's so weird. I know we're getting off tangent, but that, that practice week. So I was the starting center and that practice week, they literally rotated in the second the second string center into one reps thinking I was going to get beat that bad. So, they, <laughs> which I've never in my six years, I had never seen that before in my life. 
but they literally rotated in the backup thinking I was just going to get murdered. Yeah. And I actually had a great game. I got kudos that next Monday. We got blasted 50 to nothing, but I did really, really good. I, I didn't sleep that whole week because I was so nervous. Right. Because he's a massive human being. Uh, but yeah, I did, I did great. Because actually, really, I could hang my hat on that game. Yeah, that's that awesome, Nick, because I've seen him kill the best. So that's that's fantastic. Did you guys have incognito that year? Yep. He was oh, a right guard. You, had, you guys had a tough line. You had a tough yeah. line. We don't have to go down there, but that's yeah. we can talk about that all day, Nick. That's cool. It's okay. I got to ask you, while, while we're just firing questions off, uh, how frustrating was watching the Ravens game for you as a guy that prides yourself on run defense? Um, we've joked about the pass rushing stuff, you know, and all those yeah. things, but um, you were the guy that its job was to make sure that things like what happened to the chiefs defense and the defense interior defensive line didn't happen. How frustrating was it for you and how on the second part of that, how can you make chiefs fans feel better knowing that that is, that's an aberration. That's not just a sign of they just can't play. Yeah. I'll start with the, the latter question. Uh, it is terrible when you can stop the run, but you cannot rush the passer. Like if you're going to have it one way, right? Like I, I, I get it, you, you, but I get it. You want to be able to stop the run, especially it's a mindset thing. It's a toughness thing. Uh, it's like taking those body punches all game. And you hate it when a team that can run the football on you. But when it's third and seven and you've got me at three technique, oh, that's, you don't want – you don't want that. You know, that, that. That quarterback's sitting back there all day. You know, so unless you're playing in a defense where you have Cromartie and Revis in the back, like you don't want me on, in on third down. So I understand the frustration, but we're one fumble away from winning that game. I mean, as bad as it's been, I mean, how many yards rushing that? 250 yards rushing? A lot. Yeah. yeah and, and we're running a lot. I mean, that's what yeah. they do. But to to get into the machinations and because we people have talked about it all week mm-hmm. but to see and you tell me if i'm wrong because i was asking these questions all week and and both of you guys know because both of you at different points in my life were players that i went to saying like explain to me for, like i'm a kindergartner <laughs> like how does this and i've used that line with both of you like yeah. why are we not what is happening here and right. the question for me or the, the kind of what I, my takeaway was on sunday was whatever our keys were defensively at linebacker, defensive line, whatever the gap responsibilities are, we were so off on what our keys were and the Ravens were using that against us that when we had three guys in the same gap, that's not because those guys can't play. It's because whatever we were taught, the Ravens had a better game plan. Like they just had it figured out. It's how long does it actually take Mike to fix that? Once you can get everyone in a room to watch film, it's really not hard because again, no one's reinventing an offense that you've never seen before. Right. Like right. that's my overall just kind of thoughts. But for you, for fans, what does it look like when you go and you sit and watch that film? How quickly can you just figure out like, okay, that's what was happening. All right. Now we can just move on to the chargers because now we know what we need to fix. Yeah. You know, the thing with the Ravens is it was, it's really unique. Like I, I got to look at the schedule again, but that's not something they're going to see that sort of zone read you know, uh, where you've got to account for all 11 guys every play. Uh, that That's something that's really, you know, you know, Baltimore does it really well. I don't know how many other teams on the schedule do it. I know, see, I know LA isn't going to do it this week, right? You're not going to see, you're not going to see that from LA. So it's, it's, it's one of those things that it was, it's the same sort. It reminds me of when I played the Broncos in 2011, when Tebow was the quarterback, 
right? And they had all this unbalanced and all the stuff where Tebow was running. And it was just like, it was hell on wheels to, you know, to try to figure it out because it was so, it was something you didn't see every week. Mm -hmm. um, so I think that with this film, you, you got to correct. I think the first thing you got to correct is the alignment stuff. The alignment stuff up front. When, when you get, because you can get unbalanced, you're going to get unbalanced again now, right? Whenever they see that they can line up unbalanced and your, you know, your end in a short yardage uh, package is outside the tight end on the, on the, balance other you know the unbalanced side away you're you're dead there you know and it wasn't just unbalanced like it was tackle over then another tackle then another like you couldn't have had more people on the other side but like anybody you, you just have the awareness to say hey we got to move the front down right and that's an e that's easy thing to fix because you will i, I guarantee you know you're not going to see all the zone running and stuff but you will see unbalanced again right they're, they're going to try to people teams are going to try to sneak that in it's a copycat league and they, they just did not adjust to that. And there does seem to be some stuff with the back end that they're just, they're, they're you know, the inside guys are playing one way and the outside guys are playing another way. The, the, the backers are playing another way. It looks like the, the inside guys are, you know, trying to fit their gaps. The outside, the, the backers are really over pursuing and it's leaving these massive holes. And it's not, again, it's not like you said, BJ, it's not, a t it's not so much you're getting outmanned up front. It's just you're not you're not what Rex Ryan you say you got to be singing out of the same hymnal. He's like we could be you know if you guys run the wrong defense run the wrong defense together all be on the same page and you'll be all right. And it just looked like they weren't on the same page with the, the front seven front eight weren't on the same page. And I remember one thing that I always took pride in was making sure when we when a deep when a run got through, I was talking to DJ and to Tamba and to Justin. Right. And I'm saying, hey, what, what did you see? What are we going? Did, did, did somebody get on to you? Right. Did the guard get up? Do we need to do a better job at the line of scrimmage, holding these guys up? Where how are you guys, you know, how are you guys pursuing the football? Do we need to be quicker to the outside? Do we need to stay inside and let that guy bounce out? You know, that was so important. And we we worked like crazy. I mean, mm -hmm. I would talk all week to those guys getting ready with the linebackers and the outside guys getting ready. So they were we were all on the same page. And that that can cover a multitude of sins, but just you know, singing out of the same hymnal can really fix things. And so, getting aligned correctly, both as a front and then playing together, playing in sync with the back end, uh, that can cover a ton of stuff. Um, and so th that's going to be key. And that's stuff you can fix right away. I mean, that's just constantly meeting with the linebackers and talking to them throughout practice and saying, "Hey, where are we at? What are you seeing? What do we need to do better?" Um, and then there's also there's some technique stuff up front, like the way they're engaging block. They, they, you have this pistol formation where they have, you know, the, the quarterback's back there and then they, he's in shotgun and they have the two backs lined up in some sort of variation around them. You know right away when you're getting some the pistol, you're, you're generally getting some sort of zone read. And so up front as a, as a you know, interior lineman, you don't want to chase things. Right, because that's what the line is trying to get you to do. They're trying to get you to run, displace you, and then create that gap between that outside, you know, that three technique and that outside end where Chris Jones is playing. Make that wide space. So now Chris Jones has to try to make a tackle in a 15-yard box. So when you're seeing that, you got to adjust. Say, hey, we're not chasing. Like the second I got pistol formation, whether it was in practice or a game, I'm yelling. I remember the call was cowboy when I was with the Chiefs. I would say cowboy, and we we played straight ahead. Don't chase right because you 
you naturally want to get on that guard if you're a three technique and make sure he doesn't get up to the next level. When you're when I call cowboy, you're letting him go and you're playing right back into the tackle and force them to run in the middle, right? Because they want to get on the outside. So force them to run in the middle, play out into the tackles, make you know, make the force them to run inside. You want the you want to try to set the edges on that. Um, and I just you just kept seeing guys chasing the guards stepping down with the guards on the double teams, getting slammed all the way inside. And it just, it, it, you just can't play it like that. So those are technique things that that's the stuff I'm more worried about because the communication and all that stuff, you can do that all year. But what I mm -hmm. talked about with Jeff was you're only going to have so many weeks with pads on. And that's the kind of stuff that you need to do in pads. You can't, it's hard to do in spiders. Nick, you, I, you were in the league when spiders weren't, you know, that was never a thing. You guys were in pads all the time. Now, <laughs> Uh, to do, you know, once you get past week six, you're in spite, you're in spiders. And that's what makes me nervous. You start getting late in the season, you don't have the run game fixed up front. Now you got problems. It's hard, it's hard to correct that in practice, you know, without having pads on. So those are sort of, those are sort of my general thoughts. But again, like if, if I, you can be critical about this, but if there's going to be one area you want to be weak in, if you've got to pick an area as Kansas City Chiefs, you're going to be weak in. Be, it would be stopping the run, and I, I've said this a million times, but nobody's coming into Kansas City thinking, "Hey, we got fifty, we have fifty run game plan." You know, like we're just going to run it and run it and run it. Now you can't give up eighteen to twenty yards a clip because then that's what you'll get. But generally, when you're playing Pat Mahomes, you're saying, "Listen, we got to score fast and often." So and this you, is yeah. Go ahead, BJ. Sorry. Yeah, and this is a game, and not to to change the subject now, but this is a game where you expect. The quarterback's going to sit, but Justin Herbert's going to throw the ball 65, 70 percent. Right. He's going to sit back and he's going to throw the football. Right. So, and he's not, he, he's a very athletic guy. Don't get me wrong, but he's not like Lamar Jackson. Where if you don't get pressure on Lamar Jackson, you don't finish that game with a lot of hurries. It's like, well, we're, we're playing the run. Like, we're not trying right. to get, he's not this statue back there. He's not this guy we're trying to get after. Right. This is that situation. So, this is one of those games where at the end, and I know they talked about it on the laboratory last night, Storm Norton, the Chargers' right tackle who's starting now because Brian Bulaga, the veteran they signed this in the offseason, went on IR. So they got a backup right tackle, gave up nine pressures against the Cowboys. Mm. You have a guy who struggled last week. You've been basically questioned saying, hey, if, if you can't stop the run, as Mike, what you're saying, you better get off the passer. You know they're going to throw the football. They struggled last week protecting it. This would be a week that if you want to see growth from the Chiefs defense, expect to see a lot more pressure. And if we don't, that'll be something that we are talking about on Monday that's a little worrisome, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, and that's not something I would worry. I, I wouldn't worry about them getting getting pressure. I mean, these this is what these guys do. And you saw, I mean, Chiefs, when you saw Chris Jones – that first week, I was just amazed at what he can do out there at that wide five position as a big guy. Um, uh, so yeah, no, I'm I'm with you. And th this is the, the challenging part here. And I haven't totally scouted LA's offense, but I would imagine you're going to get a lot of eleven personnel. You know, three wide sets, and so that's going to force you to be in your nickel and dime defenses. And that's those are lighter boxes, right? And so if, if I'm LA coming in this game, you can say, hey. They struggled with the run last week. Let's get into these, you know, let's get into these light sets, get them into light boxes, and let's run some of these O plays, uh, these one-back powers, you know, the outside zone stuff. Like, let's test them and see, because then you start running the football, you start struggling with the run again, everybody starts playing up tight to play the run, and now they're dumping it off in the back end. So 
I'm not worried about them getting pressure. I do think this is a perfect game for them to bounce back. I mean, L.A. hasn't had over 100 yards rushing in either of their first two games. They clearly want to throw the ball. But I would still go in there thinking, hey, we got to tighten this up because uh, I wouldn't be surprised to see it right out the bat. Come out in the light, you know, come out in 11 personnel and and run some, you know, run some plays down the middle, try to get that run going. Um, but, again, mindset, the focus this week, I know if I know Andy Reid, uh, I know Spags. The mindset is going to be: we got to get this right. We got to get those fixed. And you, you were talking about BJ before I came on. This is where leadership really comes in. You know, the Honey Badger, Chris Jones, those guys, Mahomes, Kels. They're not going to let that stuff fly. You know, that stuff's going to get fixed. It's going to get fixed in house. Uh, and so I, I really do expect to see, and not just being not just because I'm a Chiefs fan, but just because I know how they work over there. I do expect to see a totally different team on defense this next week. Yeah, and, and Mike, what what are those, those rush lanes when you're playing a quarterback as elusive as Lamb Lamb? How does that limit your your bag of tricks for for you, but then also for like the guys who are you know sorry to say this, your pass rush specialist? Yeah, right. Which yeah. I know, I know you're you're more like the first second down guy, right? You're like Didn't what third long? Why the hell am I in here, right? And I'm like, yes, he's in. <laughs> here comes a bull rush. Right, yeah, that's it. Bull run. And I'm hoping he ran. Please run, so I don't have to keep rushing. <laughs> Is it a run? It's a run. It's not a run. Is it a run? It's gonna be a run, right? <laughs> a drop. Yeah. yeah. Oh man. Um, yeah. No. It, it. 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 Your rush lanes becomes. That's why we used to love playing Manning and Brady when it came to getting them in a third long situation. Because you could be all, all – I mean, we had these rushes that Rex would call up when I was with the Jets. Forget we'd bring three guys inside. Nobody would be outside. You know, you're just totally uh, uh, doing whatever you want up front uh, because the rush lanes don't matter. Those guys are going to stay back there like statues, and it's all about getting there. That's what's most important. When you got a guy that can run, that's a problem. And you, you know who used to do great with this? Alex Smith. I've, I've never seen a guy take advantage of uh, – uh, bad pass rush lanes that like Alex Smith did. I mean, he would just take off running. Um, and so, so yeah, no, I think that when you're obviously when you're playing against a quarterback that can that can run, you got to be really careful. And that's a that's a massive asset for an offense because you can't just tee off. You have to tee off within your assigned lane. And even if you get too far up the field, you see Pat Mahomes step up and take it all the time. So uh, it prevent. Pre- pre- presents another challenge another element that's uh, uh that you really got to account for up front all right mike and last question we appreciate your time again we're talking with mike devito former chiefs defensive lineman uh run stuffing extraordinaire uh is probably <laughs> something that i used quite often um to describe but and this is a loaded question i'll try to articulate it the right way but as somebody who's been around andy reed who knows this coaching staff you mentioned that before what gives you confidence that you should tell Chiefs fans that not to say they're going to turn into, you know, uh, the mid 2000 Baltimore Ravens defense, right. but just what gives you confidence from being around those guys that any issues that they faced or whatever problems they've had, um, not from a, let's have a, a closed, closed team meeting type of yeah. cheesy conversation, but just, this is the process of what they go through and this is how we get better. Just what messaging can you give chiefs fans to let them know that uh, the problems that they've seen are being attacked head on, even though we can't see them working on these things. Yeah. Well, the first thing is you have Patrick Mahomes as your quarterback. So before we get into anything else, 
you can have Swiss cheese on defense. We've seen it. And you can make it to, (laughs) you know, the AFC championship game. Uh, So, and one play away from making it to the Super Bowl. So you have Pat Mahomes. You're always, I mean, we're, we're literally, if you know, we're one fumble away from having a totally different conversation right now. I mean, I guarantee you, Casey goes down and scores on that last, uh, that last possession. I mean, that's just what they do. So uh, there's, there's really, there's really no reason to be too, too worried uh, because again, you're just full of, you're full of all-stars on offense. You're always going to be putting up 30, 40 points. And that's always going to put you in a place to win games. Uh, I just know now going to when you're looking at it, a defensive perspective, stopping the run, uh, getting on the same page. You just I just know how Andy Reid works. And like you were saying, BJ, I mean, he's he every little detail is accounted for with him. And that was one of the first thing he told us when we you know, when he came in in 2013 and we had that team meeting. Mm-hmm. He's like, look, some things might seem arbitrary. Some of my rules or some of the way I do things here. But I promise they're not. Everything has a, a reason for it. Uh, that all the experience that I have coming into this goes into everything we do, the times that we get to places, um, the, the times that we spend studying film, the t- the, what we're doing at practice, why you have to pick your helmets up here, why you got to take a shower here. But, you know, all of this stuff, he has it down to a science. And it's so systematic that you know, OK, it's so he's such an easy guy to follow because, you know, yeah, this guy knows how to win. He knows how to win. So Andy Reid hasn't been in a, you know, this isn't a new situation for him, right? He's been through this before. Spags has been through this before. Spags has run a ton of defenses. He knows what it's like having guys like Chris Jones and Frank Clark who can get off the football, who can rush the passer, but you have to worry about the run sometimes because of, you know, what their talent is, what their skill set is. Uh, these guys have been here before and they're, they're going to fix it because they, they, that's how they work. This is not, like a lot of teams that you'll see where a lot of this stuff will get pushed under the rug. And it, you, with, with Pat Mahomes, you're almost justified in doing that at some times. Like, hey, don't worry about it. We got Pat Mahomes. I promise you that's not happening. I promise you that's not happening in Kansas City. That's not how Andy Reid does things. So there's a ton of reasons to be optimistic. And uh, outside of stopping the run, uh, I'm, not, I'm not too worried about where this team is at. Perfect. That is Mike DeVito, co-host of the one-on-one with Mike DeVito and Jeff Allen podcast. You can find that on either Tuesday nights, Wednesday morning on KC Sports Network. Mike, we appreciate you, my friend. Of course. BJ, Nick, great talking to you guys. Thanks, Talk Mike. soon. See Thanks, you guys. Mike. There you have it, Chiefs Kingdom. Hopefully that makes you feel a little bit better and that the sky is not falling because they went out and had a bad performance because Andy Reid, Steve Spagnolo, these players – they have gone out and not played well before. And we still look at them as Super Bowl champions and some of the best at what they do, not because they never have bad performances, because they learn from their bad performances. Every bad performance is not the, oh my God, we're completely exposed now and we're never going to be able to get a tackle or stop anybody ever again. So, yeah, well, it, it, it'll, it'll play nicely to my blind meal question, but I want to say something, man. I learned a lot from listening to Mike just talk right there, talking about run fits, first level being off from the second level. I had like a, like we could have made like a two hour podcast. Uh, Mm -hmm. And I think what he talked about with run fits too, it was indicative because uh, what you're taught, if if a guard pulls in front Mm -hmm. of you, you're supposed to chase that guard down. And what he was saying was don't do that. He was saying, just have your run fit where don't chase and sit there because if something goes away, something's coming back to you. You know, that's always, always, always the case. And it's yeah. like that for O-linemen with, with T.E. stunts. 
something goes away, something's coming back. So just wait for it. So it's it's interesting to see that that the run fits are off in the first and second levels where we're there. And, and that's what Baltimore does. Baltimore will will pull guys and then run that way. Right. And it's like that makes no sense. It makes no sense. Like you're gonna pull your right guard right tackle and then you're gonna run back where they were empty. Like it's just you know again my level of analysis like if they're moving because they know that you're gonna go do that, then whenever they do that you do the opposite. They're doing yeah. that because they know what you're going to do. So just do the yeah. it. exactly. It's like that scene in Fight Club, right? Where where he's like, or maybe I th- or maybe I spent the whole day misremembering everything so that you you wouldn't remember what it was, right? Mm-hmm. Dude, Tuck was talking 40 chess last night. We talked about this before oh. the show on his take of maybe the Chiefs will throw short passes to control the clock to keep the Chiefs' defense off the field. Yeah, <laughs> like. Mm-hmm. It's a little bit of a reverse psychology, you know, like doing the opposite strategy. But yeah, to to Nick's point, man, Mike and Jeff have a phenomenal podcast. I honestly think that it's my favorite Chiefs podcast to listen to. Those two guys are incredibly smart and articulate their thoughts all very well. Mike is amazing when it comes to talking about the defense and honestly, even the offense. He's 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 pretty knowledgeable on the offensive side of the ball too. As much as uh, he likes to give himself a hard time about it, but man, he's he's really been been great on one on one. And if you don't subscribe to the KCSN podcast feed wherever you listen to podcast, make sure you do that. Make sure you subscribe to the YouTube. Uh, subscribe, follow us wherever you're watching the show now, and you're gonna get one on one. You're gonna get all those episodes into your phone, so you can just basically live and breathe chiefs content we have you covered like that that's smooth that was smooth. good man you're getting good like you're good i knew you were good, good. Get- you're too <laughs> good like, you're too good for being like 15 years old like however old you are. <laughs> like, born in 20 2009 right <laughs> it's not fair so <laughs> Uh, anyway, Nick, let's get into blind nail. What do you yes. got? You, are, you, you want me to go? Up. You want me to go first? You want me to go You're first? You're excited about it. You already brought it up. Mm-hmm. All right. Mm-hmm. I looked up because I knew these were two very predominantly, you know, lean on the run game. Let's have a badass stable of weapons to run with quarterback and running backs, badass offensive lines. I looked up the rushing statistics and, and my question to you will be before I tell you the statistics, does this change your outlook or does this make you, not panic for this Chiefs defense. 2020 rushing. The number the number three team last year, 2020, with uh, 2,300 yards and 4.8 yards in attempt. Cleveland. Number two was the Titans. Number one, Ravens. Ravens had 3,000 rushing yards with 5.5 yards per attempt. Per attempt. They're getting a first down on two downs. That's their average for the season. Does that make you feel any worse or better about this Chiefs run defense? Tucker, you go first. I kind of posed a similar question as you, Nick, and I've got, that's something I've been mulling over a lot. Is that like, okay, the Chiefs did just play two very good rushing attacks. The best. And so, yes, two of the best rushing attacks. Now, Derrick Henry is, is a machine. That's obviously why the <laughs> yeah, Titans. Exactly. I should have yeah. said Derrick Henry, not Tennessee, right? Right. Right. It's Derrick Henry. Uh, but but when you look, start to look at it, you're like, okay, they, they faced two teams and they went toe to toe with these teams and what they're, what they're best at. And should the chiefs be a little bit better at stopping the run? 
probably. They probably should. I don't think that that's something we could say, oh, you can just chalk it up to, oh, they were good, so that's okay. Let's throw it out the window. No, I just think there's stuff that, that, that can be done there. But I also think that, Nick, your point is very it, – it's very important to the um, – what's the word the co- the context of the situation uh you got to take in all this information of yeah the chiefs might have given up 404 yards in two games on the ground but they went up against two of the top three rushing attacks of all of last year and this year probably going to be close to the same listen cleveland's got good backs they <laughs> i know that the that the ravens have have had some struggles with their backs but lamar jackson is one hell of a running back. I know he's a quarterback too, but man, he can run the ball very well. That's no slight to Lamar. I know a lot of people like to call him a running back, but man, that dude can rush the ball with the best of them in the league. So um, I, I think that it is, that is definitely something that I've been thinking about a lot. Well, maybe with a pass heavy team, like the chargers are going to pass the ball a decent amount. It, it's, it's likely maybe then we get to see the chiefs defense actually be what they are. And, and I, I'm not sure how much that plays into it. What percentage of, of the the scale it is, which one tilts more in which favor. Um, but I do think that it's, it's something that should be accounted for when, when making your opinions on this chief defense. Yeah. I will make my answer much more. I just don't care if you think. <laughs> <laughs> I, it doesn't scare me. Like it's going up against the Titans in the playoffs. Like was any Chiefs fan really worried that Derrick Henry was going to run for 250 yards? Like, yeah, but guess what? Like, can you run for 250 yards and still put up 30 points? <laughs> like, you can run for 250 yards and put up 24 points, but the Chiefs are still going to score 30. So, okay. yeah, am I frustrated that we had three players in the same gap? And I kept talking about it. Tucker, we were there. I was like, just run a scrape. Like, just do something different, like attack the mesh point, yeah. all the stuff that Maddie was talking about. Just try something different was frustrating. But do I think we're going to go up against the Ravens in the playoffs and not have a better answer for how to stop that? Even if it means sell out and go punt block and, like, just do whatever you got to do uh, to send everybody after the run. Like, I'm just not worried that when you get into a do-or-die situation that the Chiefs can't get two stops defensively, knowing yeah. that, the other defense is going to have to stop Mahomes. We just have to stop the other team one more time than they stop us. And I'm still confident that we're going to do that going up against teams. And I'm not going to say gimmicky, but just are very unique. Like Baltimore is that when you're facing me in a playoffs and you have the full resources of your entire defensive coaching staff focused on stopping their one thing and not a week two matchup in prime time. Sorry. Yeah. I just, my, my meter on that level just isn't very high. So it doesn't surprise me all the things that you talked about, but Tucker, to your point, uh, this was not succinct at all. Uh, Tucker, to your point, like we're going up against the chargers and the Eagles of the next two weeks, two more balanced type teams. Mm-hmm. If we're having these same conversations using points from these two games about not stopping the run, about all the points that we're giving up, I will be more concerned but I didn't expect us to be dominant against two of the best teams in the AFC against what they do against a lot of unscouted looks early in the season. Yeah. And that's kind of the other thought that I have is it's hard in week two, right? There's not a lot of film out. Uh, There's one game worth of film on this team that is now all of a sudden running a bunch of different schemes that you hadn't seen on film yet. So I think that that also plays into the whole aspect of, do I think that they caught the Chiefs out on the wrong foot? Yeah, and I think that's good coaching. You know, Harbaugh's a great coach. Uh, he comes from the Reed tree, so it's not a surprise that he's a good coach. Um, so I think that that's another thing that that I've been thinking about as well when it comes into, is this defense really that bad? 
No, you just Spagnolo just sees Greg Rohn, just kind of tips his cap. He's like, mm -hmm. you got me. You bought me. As Kent would say, it got bought me. It, it is. No, it really is. And, and I think I, I think you got to look at too is that Cleveland and Baltimore. <laughs> I think they emptied they emptied their their clip on, on those mm -hmm. plays. I think they mm -hmm. showed all their cards, and they better come with some, some other wrinkles come playoff time mm -hmm. because that was that was they that was their Super Bowl. They they put everything. They didn't hold anything back. And it's a week two game. Yeah. Listen. No, I don't know. Tyron has know. enough tweets now to get his chips, Nick. We talk about it for years. Yeah. This past week is enough chips for Tyron to get him through the entire season. Like those guys need doubters on social media. I actually like it. I'm trying to like calm everybody Motivated. down while at the same time being like, you know what? I'm not going to be upset if you want to keep tagging these guys and calling them out and saying stupid stuff because <laughs> a lot of people were proved wrong in 2019 that were celebrating at a parade that probably tweeted a lot of things that firing everybody that they were then throwing beers to celebrating with uh, when it came down to, to having a parade. So anyway, Tuck, what, you got, what do you got for blind nil Tuck? So I was uh, pretty heavily beating the Tyreek Hill drum in week one after he had 197 yards, 11 catches. I think I called it the quietest 197 yard mm -hmm. game in, in the history of the NFL. Um, he he also had a pretty quiet 14 yard game yesterday. Or <laughs> yesterday, holy cow! On Sunday, so we're seeing two ends of the spectrum here, and I feel like we're not talking about the 14 yard game as much, rightfully so. Travis Kelsey set a record in the last game, so Travis Kelsey's getting all the attention. So, and Maddie Maddie Lane brought this up, I think, on the laboratory yesterday. He he tabbed him his player to watch. So I'm I'm curious from you guys, after going from 197 yards in Week One. And 14 yards in week two, what do you expect from Tyree Kill in week three? You know, this Brandon Staley defense is kind of built to limit the deep shots. So is it more of an underneath get, collect a lot of yardage? Or is it going to be he's going to be the guy that gets like, you know, three deep balls for 200 yards? I think we're going to see a lot of the zone beaters. I think you're going to see a lot of Tyreek sitting in zone. And I think there's going to be at least one time where they give him a little bit too much cushion and he's going to catch that ball and turn around and have three and a half, four yards before somebody's in front of him. And then it's over. Like yeah. nobody's tackling Tyreek in that situation. We've seen it time and time again. Not only do those guys not get beat deep, but he can't create so much separation that when he catches the ball 12 yards down the line that nobody's within five yards of him because all he has to do is start creating angles by running horizontally and no one's going to catch him because he's mm -hmm. that quick and that fast. So uh, I'm going to expect a few big plays, but you guys have been making the points. This is an interesting challenge for a frustrated Chiefs team. Not that the Chiefs offense didn't have its time, but this is testing Patrick Mahomes' patience coming off of a game where he threw his first interception in September, all of the too deep stuff that Staley likes to do that you guys talked about on the lab. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see if he can stay patient for an entire game uh, and take that underneath stuff that the chargers are going to give him. Here, here's my thing. Wide receivers are streaky. Like mm -hmm. what one week you'll, you'll catch, you know, 200 yards next week you'll go for 14 and you have a drought and then someone else will have to step up. Shout out Byron Pringle for that run after catch. That was hella nice. Emo! Just, just slowly climbing up, just slowly working his way up the corporation uh, and Chiefs kingdom, uh, like we all taught. Undrafted to special teams to now you're the the, the go-to guy. Uh, also, much like Gremlins, right? There are certain rules for Tyree Kill. 
You know, don't don't feed him after midnight and don't give him space. Like you, if anything, just clamp him deep. But if you give Tyreek any sort of space, he's the only human being I know who I've seen on 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 the field besides Dante Hall go backwards to create his own separation in space and then go right by it. Mr. Mr. Zoom right by it. That's why he's the cheetah. And also the Chiefs have to, they're, they're so hyped up. They want to be this, you know, high octane, greatest show on turf. Let's, let's just throw bombs, bombs, bombs. But you know what? Let's grind it out. I think in the Super Bowl run of 2019, that I think that the Chiefs learned that, hey, we can't just be going for home runs. Let's go for singles. And that's what this Chiefs offense has to shift to. you got the offensive line that's built for it. Let's go for singles. Right. Let's grind it out. Let's give the defense a break. And, and that's what you have to revert to. If you know, if, if your high octane isn't working, go for your, your grind mode. Go for cruise control at, you know, 71 miles an hour and ride on the highway like that. And Tucker, you guys talked about it yesterday. This could be a, a game that happens with the way that Staley keeps his safeties deeper, that you might have numbers in lighter boxes to take yeah. advantage of some of that running, that run stuff. Yeah, I love a good six-man box for, for a run, too. That, that's an O-lineman's dream. Oh, you know, if you get a six-man box, seven-man box, you're like, oh, a lot of people. But six-man box, let's run. Let's run it. Run the damn ball. And I want to see the Chiefs run more draws, damn it. Mm. Yeah. I like All it. Right, I'm satisfied. DJ? <laughs> <laughs> All right. We're to the final blind nil segment, boys, and I don't think it's going to surprise either one of you that – I hadn't figured out what the segment was going to be yet because it kept changing because you guys were going serious and was going to try goofy. Um, I wanted to make it about post-game show. So we do a live post-game show for anybody who out there is listening. Uh, We will be at the Bullpen Bar and Grill out in Overland Park at 135th and Quivira. Tucker's out there. I'm out there. Kent Swanson will be out there. Noon kickoff. We will be there at noon watching the entire game. And then we go live right after the game. You can find it on our YouTube, all the same channels you're watching right now. And we will also have it on the 101 The Fox Facebook page uh, streaming there as well as they are one of our fantastic partners and we appreciate them. Um, But as it relates to the postgame show, Nick, um, since I want to get your thought, what's a, a segment inside a fun segment we can do in the postgame show that we are not currently doing? That's your blind nail is a fun segment. I am double dipping on <laughs> trying to find out another fun segment we can do for the post game show. And we're going to bring everybody into our content meeting. <laughs> Why don't you just tell me what movie you want to see? Right. <laughs> because out. we are also indirectly going to get comments. Cause if anybody, Hey, everybody who's listening or yes. watching, no matter what channel you're on, give us some ideas in the chat room and we'll bring some yep. of those on Tucker. will bring some of those mm-hmm. comments out here. Let's talk it out. Cause we've got a lot of ideas. We've got a lot of cool things. And I know a couple people that have been watching this show are helping us execute some of these said ideas. And we appreciate their support. Got a lot of cool things in line, but Hey, nothing wrong with throwing a net out there to see what other good ideas that we have. Nick, give us a good I, idea. I would say if this is true blind nil, and I'll just get it to you just right there is I would say a fun segment is what, what player from the opposing team and you got to pick a little guy and a big guy is who can eat the most wings, right? Who 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 looks like they're they're like like the, like the who can eat the most wings? That's Tucker what you have to say. That's the fun segment. Wings on game day. Do you really? About How many dollars? But he goes to town. That's awesome. Twenty four wings every, for every wings. game. Every game. Wings. Garlic parm. Really, twenty four. Mm-hmm. I like that. What do you dip them in? Yep. Ranch. No blue cheese. 
I do Bluetooth. I go back and forth. You know, whatever I'm feeling that day at the moment, it's a game time decision. Uh, okay, I, I like that. But yeah, that's I would say for or no, but honestly, for like a, a fun segment, um, I, I think it would just be something where you have to um, describe describe a person or describe a play, and then try guess what it's called, maybe. Or or if if you could think of something, what would be its its two minute play? Because I, we had plays like like you have code words like brush, like brush, like if you say to brush. That means we're yeah. running a draw, right? Because you paint, you paint with a brush. So yeah. paint, paint was a draw. Mm-hmm. You can maybe m- make up a make up a signal for a play if you want a fun segment. I like that. See, it's not even what you're saying, but this is what happens. You just start yeah. brainstorming ideas because yeah. take a little clip from a game of Mahomes talking to Coach Reed off to the side. You show it. Hey, bad lip reading. Yes. Wrong, answer, wrong, yeah, wrong answers, answers only. only. Wrong answers what only. What are they talking about? Like yes. this is. This yes. is new age content. Yes, people. that's what I, I want to see. I, that, see, now, now you're talking my language. Not, there we yeah. go. See, well, talk. What do you got? I just saw this comment up here. I'll throw it up from WW. He says, "What about guests mm. like Colquitt? Would be hard to pull Colquitt now that he's with no. the Falcons." So, no, um, maybe it's because he's with the Falcons. Like, let's do some post game content from <laughs> there. We go players in the league who aren't even playing the Chiefs. Let's just get some thoughts. Like, hey, Colquitt, what did you think about the Chiefs game this afternoon? I know you were playing at the same time, but what did you think about it? it? I think that would be a, a good segment. Make him he, – he can think on his toes, I, I'm pretty sure, in the one conversation I had with him. I think he can think <laughs> on his toes pretty well. Um, so I think that would kind of be fun. Uh, we've got some plans in the works for stuff like that. Don't want to give too much away. Um, but You've um, done it before. To, don't give anything away. Tucker. I'm not going to. I'm not going to. I stopped right there. But – I think that uh, a segment that we could do is uh, maybe this is a bad idea, but no you don't know until you try it. What if we go around the bar and pull like some people and ask them yes. about what they think about the game? Some like That's fans. Yes. <laughs> oh my God. Are, yes. Oh my God. Could be slightly intoxicated. Could not be, but could be. And you ask them about the game. Show them a clip. Show them a clip and ask them to say what just happened here. <laughs> We're having this brainstorm meeting with everybody. Correct. I love it. Two things are going to happen. A, it's going to be Billy on the street and it's going to be you (laughs) (laughs) doing the interview because Ken and I aren't moving. You're the person who's there and going around and doing this. And all you got to do is get some air, some ear, AirPods, earpods, some something so they can hear the question, but cell phone. Mm -hmm. Average Joe's average Joe live drunk fans. Yes. Yes, someone just put a JK. Yes, 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 yes. I, I like that. And I like, I like, I like, I like drunk fans post game analysis. But, but, mm-hmm. but have them watch a play and say, what went right here? Or say, what did the guard do right? What did the, and just say, you know, whatever. And that's what I want to see. Break you want to shame, you want to shame casual fans. No, I, I want to hear the random, I want to hear the random answers. I want to hear yeah. random answers. That's all. That's, and you know what? That's what you get. Like, you know. It is amazing how, and we've seen it this week and not not dipping in anybody's bucket here, but how everybody can watch the same exact game and come away with completely different analysis on what's yeah. happening. And that's the beauty yep. of the world. Everybody can have different opinions on stuff. Uh, but to your point, it would be fun just to kind of shine a light on all of it and just be like, there's beauty in, in everybody's perception of everything. It's like being a- different. 
like those town hall meetings you see on Parks and Rec. One of my favorite shows, by the way. I think that's my great. favorite show, uh, Parks and Rec, you always see those, like the open mic live forums. I think that's we need something. It's just like a open mic Q&A where they come up and they ask us a question and then we answer. Yes, that's even better. Drunk but fans, random. Can you imagine, random. Tucker, what that would have been last week? It is amazing. Amazing. Oh, everybody. Gosh. I love <laughs> it. Yeah. Pragmatic be like, just go. Just leave. Like I was. Yeah, it's a, no, it's a place to vent. It's like, hey, vent, vent. Ooh, there's something. It's gonna there. be like a. It's gonna be like Thursday therapy, like what Danny Parkins oh, and C Dot yeah. used to do back in the day, uh-huh. just like therapy sessions. Like yep. you guys can vent, and then it's go to BJ in the corner. Like he'll just go there talk. Could to be me. old man shouting at yeah. the clouds, right? That could be the same things. <laughs> Listen, it's drunk man shout at the clouds. And if it's not gonna be fine, would you rather be happy or would you rather just be mad all the time? <laughs> I mean, I like fair. That. We're on to something. This is a good blind nail. I love how nobody mocked blind nail this this week. It's 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 here. It's here to stay. It is. It's so here to stay. It's such a great title too. Oh my god! I only rolled my eyes and huffed like twice. Yeah, oh, I know because it's a thing. Because you know it's perfect. I just don't think people know what blind nail means. Who? If you play spades, you know exactly what blind nail is. I think we you guys like don't play people space, on. Yeah. I think we're like one for seven on anyone understanding blind nil. That's okay. I'm gonna put on. I'm gonna post on Twitter after this. You should just make it a yes or no poll. Do you understand the blind nil reference? I'm gonna say what is blind nil because I like to ask open ended questions. Hmm. Good reporter. That's right. Make and sure the third answer is who gives a shit. Right. <laughs> <laughs> is that, is that like uh, one of my favorite quotes is uh, Billy Madison. No, Happy. What's the one where he's a golfer? Happy Gilmore. Yeah, Happy Gilmore. Yes. Remember where he's winning them checks, and he's like, "Oh, you could be eligible for a green jacket." He's like, "Green jacket, yellow jacket. Who gives a shit, right?" And it's like, whatever. That's PJ. I don't care. That'll be yep. fine. As yeah. long as is fifteen healthy, we're good. We're fine. We're fine. Yep. We're good. Fighting yep. chance. We got this whole season is just figuring out how to stop the Baltimore running game and mm-hmm. stay healthy, I guess. That's it. That's the kryptonite. So anyone appreciate everybody for listening to this episode and for following us live, everybody for your comments, your questions. We appreciate your support. Again, if you are a Twitch person, head over <laughs> to our Twitch account and uh, subscribe there. And if not uh, continue listening, continue supporting and all the platforms that you've done it. And if you aren't Apple or Spotify, don't be afraid to go and give us a little review. If it's a good one, if it's a bad one, just email me and, and we'll go back and forth about it. And then once you're feeling good, then you can go give a review. <laughs> so we appreciate your support. One last thing, Nick Tucker, final thoughts before we let everybody go. And then it's peace. Divisional game, man. These could go either way and we'll see if there's a hangover or not and see if we've got the uh, everything corrected. Uh, I'm hoping to put it together. hoping the Chiefs put it together. But it's divisional. It's a divisional game, so it's going to be big. Yep. These teams that the Chiefs are going to be playing in their division are built to beat the Chiefs. So these are always going to be the toughest matchups that they're going to have all year, no matter the talent on either side. So uh, these teams are geared to beat the Chiefs. So I expect it to be a close one. I expect it to be a good game. Listen, it's always a good football game when Patrick Mahomes is there. So just remember I- that. We talked about it on the last one. Never, or I talked about it on the pregame show with 101 to Fox. Never underestimate uh, the power of an embarrassed professional athlete. And I think to mm-hmm. some extent, the Chiefs players were a little embarrassed 
about how they played and how they're being spoken about as a one-in-one football team. So at some point they're going to come out and somebody's going to get the brunt end of them being pissed off. I don't know if it's going to be this week just because of the way that um, Staley's defense is, that it's not going to lend itself to Mahomes for 500 yards and five touchdowns and just airing it out. But at some point they're going to come out and bop somebody uh, to steal a Kent Swansonism. Uh, but uh, yeah, hopefully it's this week. The defense, again, that right tackle storm, uh, Norton, that's that's a matchup that I'm looking forward to watching and see if we can get some pressure. Anyway, anyway, appreciate everybody for listening. We will catch you next time. If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC. Member SIPC. 